Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. He's out doing domestic terrorist stuff, right, Scott? <laughs> I, well, I, That's what MAGA Republicans do. I'm not really even sure what he is doing, but he, he very well could be today. Because yeah. that's, that is exactly what he does. Yeah, so of course we're all still uh, digesting the president's speech last week, and there's been a lot of hot Gosh. takes shared about it. Like, you know, well, you're hearing from the left, from the MSNBC crowd, right? Well, they are domestic terrorists. They basically are an existential threat to the United States of America. These people. Now, there was one take you shared with me, Scott, that actually is good. I want to start off on a not negative note today. I, I had no idea who this guy was. His name is Tom McDonald, and apparently he's known in the rapper world. He's a rapper, got tattoos everywhere, including his eyelids, by the way. But he's also a rapper and conservative. Holy cow, you talk about a unicorn, huh? <laughs> So uh, Tom McDonald weighed in on the president's speech the other night. And again, this is a this is a rapper, white rapper with tats all over his body. Not the guy you would expect to hear this from. But here we go. Look, I know everybody's pretty upset about this most recent Joe Biden speech. You know, the one with the red lights. Where he's looking kind of like a pale skeletor. Just so angry. Don't be mad that he said a lot of Republicans are extremists. These are the same people who think a woman is anybody with an imagination who identifies as one. These are the same people that tanked the economy, inflated the price of living, brought us to the brink of war with Russia, cowered from China, fundled the pandemic, ignored a fentanyl epidemic, food shortages, gas prices, amplified social unrest, took us to the verge of an energy crisis, and divided America at record speed. If anybody else made this many bad decisions, we wouldn't take a damn thing they say seriously. Don't let them upset you. They wouldn't know what an extremist looked like if it was fully dressed in body armor, burning down a city in broad daylight, and then walked up to them claiming to identify as a lawnmower, offering to cut their grass. <laughs> Look, my dog has better judgment than these people. And I've seen my dog try to eat his own s***. <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I'm a fan of that guy. I didn't know who he was until today. But I started looking at some of his stuff online, and a lot of it is very politically related and yeah. very conservative. You know, I, I, I get that. I get his take, and and I yeah. and I'll take that for, you know, your average congressman who's out there, you know, talking trash. I'll take that from the talking heads on MSNBC. I think that's I think that's a fair assessment. The danger, though, is that Joe Biden is the president of the United States, and he commands a Department of Justice that operates as the largest domestic surveillance uh, apparatus in the history of the Western world. And we already have seen the Department of Justice weaponized against parents who show up at school board meetings. We've seen what they've been continuing to do with Donald Trump, with the raid at Mar-a-Lago. They are willing to go after their political enemies, and they are willing to circumvent the Constitution if need be. I mean, we saw that not necessarily related to this, but, you know, with the whole eviction moratorium that Joe Biden, like, magically continued to give the CDC, the authority to override individual property rights. In fairness, something that actually did happen under the previous administration. Mm -hmm. But even when the Supreme Court told him, no, you're not going to be able to do this, he did it anyway and basically dared the court to crack down on it. 
So this is a guy who is, in Joe Biden's world, and it's not Joe. I mean, it's the people around him. Joe's just this career liar who's Mm -hmm. a terrible human being and now senile. But the people around him are not shy about wielding their actual power to do actual damage. And And one of the things that was interesting to me over the weekend, as we're watching all of this make its way through the Twitter sphere, through the mainstream media, all of that, Uh, One question keeps coming up. If he really believes that MAGA Republicans are an existential threat to the United States of America, what is he actually calling for? What is he actually going to do? Now, some Joe Biden apologists may say, well, he's he's telling people to go vote. Well, on the surface, that's true. But what is he actually doing? And the thought that went on in my mind, because I don't think MAGA Republicans are an existential threat to the United States of America. I don't. Of of course not. But let's say, for the sake of argument, you actually believe that. And you know what? Let's toss out MAGA Republicans at at all, right? Let's just go down this idea of terrorism for a second. Let's say that ISIS had 10 million followers in the United States of America, and they were pledging to take over as many halls of power as possible you would expect an american president to do something about that right Mm -hmm. if because that would be an existential threat to the united states of america so you would expect some sort of legal action when the russians right were messing with uh, as the liberals put it they were stealing the last uh, the 2016 election right but when the russians were trying to get involved in our domestic politics There were indictments of Russian individuals for running troll farms, for funneling money here and there. There was actual legal action there because this was a threat to the United States of America and our sovereignty. So if you really believe that MAGA Republicans, these people who just voted differently than you, are this existential threat, then you would expect some sort of legal action, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. So so then what does that look like? What is that going to look like from Joe Biden? Or is he just lying in order to demonize half of the country to to score some sick political points? I'll tell you, I I, I don't. And I, and again, I think that's why I do. I think that's why yeah. I think he thinks this is a winning message. Um, however, I, having said that, you know, the Republican base sometimes doesn't turn out because they're not as fired up and. And as and, and what what also the, with abortion, I'll, I'll try to make this quick. Abortion fired up the the Democrat base that were like, well, we can't, we're not going to vote for anybody who, you know, is anti-abortion. Yeah. And so there was nothing there to ignite a Republican movement. But when you have a president calling you a domestic terrorist yeah. because of how you voted, that fires up your base. Oh yeah. So this could turn out to be a good thing. Oh, I, I in think the long it, run for the Republicans. I think it will, and I and it's because I I don't think that. Their political instincts are always all that good. In the Biden no. White House, they're terrible. They're always they're, terrible. Yes, they are. I mean, it's like, hey, you know, we're we're fa- we're upside down with the American people on so many things. Let's go ahead and cancel some student loan debt. Okay. See, there's another thing, right? You know, they- <laughs> so yes, that is going to fire up a conservative base that is certainly pushing independence away from the Democratic Party. So, yeah, they are trying to now say that MAGA Republicans are this existential threat, and that's why you got to vote for Democrats. Right. Because, you know, you may hate our policies, but at least we're not a, a existential threat to the country and to democracy itself. 
And I haven't heard anybody say yet that Joe Biden called for violence against Republicans. <clears throat> if it were the other way around, that's all it would oh be. People God. are going to die. Well, the thing is, you know, everybody loves to talk about or everybody on the left loves to talk about dog whistles and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, come on with Joe Biden. Let, let's let's review the game film from the last few years. You know how many actual attempted assassinations there have been of sitting congressmen and of now a Supreme Court justice? Yeah. And really just in the last year, there's been three. So that's a problem. And that is all coming from the left. So how is it that MAGA Republicans are this great threat? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's never explained. Right. It's, yeah. Of course it's not. It's always, well, you know, Joe Biden didn't mean that. He wasn't encouraging any of that. Right. And know, he has to come out and go, well, not all Republicans. You right. Know, but, <laughs> right. Just okay. the ones who like losing. It's the, just the ones who don't like me. Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Chicago has gotten a couple of busloads of migrants from Texas, and the uh, Texas governor, Greg Abbott, has been giving you know sanctuary cities a taste of what it's like to deal with the border crisis. Which is perfect. It is. By the way. Yeah. So Chicago has gotten somewhere around, at last check at least, it was 75 on the first busload and then another 50. So 125, unless there are more who have shown up. Um, the last thing I saw was that was the number. 125. Illegal immigrants dropped off in Chicago. And the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, <laughs> is whining about it mm-hmm. and saying, well, this is inhumane. We can't do this. And it's like, go to Del Rio once in your life and see what's going on there. And then she says, the governor of Texas, you know, he's not really a Christian. Oh, no, not You heard again. that? This is kind of a long clip, uh, but I just want to, uh, you know, tell me when you want to stop it. All right, and we okay. will. Here we go. It's decidedly unpatriotic and un-American. Um, I understand the pressures uh, that the people of Texas and some of the other border states are under. We see that on a daily basis. But the thing to do is not this. This is creating a human crisis. And treating people without dignity, without respect, it's not what we are as Americans. And wait, 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 wait. First of all, you declared Chicago a sanctuary city. You said what was going on at the border with Greg Abbott was inhumane was un-American. You said all of these things you just said, except you were referring to the way they were allegedly being treated at the border. They were trying yeah. to deal with the massive influx. No, no, no. Spread the joy around. Yeah. I mean, this, this is what you called for. You called for this, and you demonized anyone who didn't think like you do. Deal with it. Yep. You feckless... Yeah, okay. Well, and, and two days before she said that, you know what happened at the southern border... Yes. Near Eagle Pass. 53 migrants swept away while trying yeah, to cross dead. the river. Nine, yes. nine of them are dead. Dead. Yes. At least nine. That we unbelievable. Know I mean, it's unbelievable. That's a human catastrophe. And for her to say something like that, please. Yeah. She goes on. Frankly, another demonstration of unpatriotic um, conduct on the part of the governor of Texas. We can and must do better as Americans. The rest of the world is watching us and how we're treating oh. these people who are coming to our country. Because they're fleeing violence. They're fleeing a lack of economic well, that, opportunity. They're ref- Go ahead. Why don't you accept them with open arms then? Right. Why, why are you putting the burden on him and that state to carry the load for you? Well, yeah, I mean, you know. You accept it. If it's so un-American and unpatriotic and unimaginable in your make-believe world that you live in, go ahead. Welcome, everyone. Bring as many as you want. Because we don't treat people that way here in Chicago. No. Screw you. <laughs> But wait, there's more. There's more. Fleeing other kinds of persecution 
This is what our country has been about. We open up our arms and we welcome those who have um, struggled to find a decent quality of life elsewhere. And the way that we welcome them is not what the governor of Texas is doing. It is absolutely un-American. And I urge him. He professes to be a Christian. This is not the Christianity and the teachings of the Bible that I know. And I think religious leaders all across the country are standing up and denouncing exactly this. (laughs) The Bible that she knows. Yeah, what what version of the Bible is that? I was wondering myself. (laughs) Yes, I I know there is very clearly you should not put migrants on an air-conditioned charter bus and send them to Chicago. Now, granted, sending migrants to Chicago is actually a form of abuse because no one wants to live in Chicago. No. I mean, depending on where they're getting dropped off. I mean, right. that's, a, that's a death sentence. They'll take a look around and say, you know what? I'm better off in Honduras. Right. Let's go. I do have good news, though, for you, if you want it. If you want, like, to I take a, a breath here. I would like to. So uh, Joe Biden was on the campaign trail over the weekend, and I believe this was in Milwaukee, where he made some big news, okay? Now, mm-hmm. you might have to get out the Josetta Stone to figure out what that big news is. But here we go. You know how much? You know how much I'm reduced with the deficit this year? One what? trillion five hundred thousand. <laughs> what was that word? Rega do da defa. Rega do and defa. Rega da defa. Can I hear it again? Yeah, you can. You know how much? You know how much I'm reduced with the deficit this year? One trillion five hundred thousand. Holy smokes! I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what Rega do with Duffy is, but it sounds great. If it's if it's one trillion five hundred thousand, that I guess that's good. What is that word? What, I, I think, think he's, he's trying, trying to say to reducing say. the deficit. Okay, I'm going to keep that in mind. Reducing okay. the deficit and yeah. play it one more time. Right, See if I'll you can hear reducing time. the deficit. You know how much? You know how much I'm going to do with the deficit this year? One trillion <laughs> five hundred thousand. Oh, my gosh. It's like Laurel and Yanny, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) What do you hear? (laughs) Okay, coming up, uh, Randy Weingarten, head of, well, the second largest teachers union in the United States, is mad because people are blaming her. We'll get to it next. This is the Mark Levin Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Uh, so Randy Weingarten, this is a one of the biggest villains of the pandemic. She is the head of the American Federation of Teachers, one of the largest teachers unions in the country, and spent a lot of time lobbying to make sure that schools uh, stayed closed. I mean, the the goal wasn't to prevent transmission of the coronavirus. That was no. never the goal. The goal was to use children as human shields in order to get that sweet, sweet cash for her union from the Which federal she government. she did, and by a- the way. Absolutely she did. Now, now mm-hmm. the vast majority of that stuff that was supposed to be spent on things like updating HVAC systems and whatnot hasn't actually happened. The, the money's there. It just hasn't been spent yet. Uh, but... Anyway, now she is saying, after we got the nation's report card showing that we have wiped out two decades of gains Mm -hmm. uh, in reading and math in America's children, uh, she's saying, don't blame me, Scott. Well, yeah, it was a piece that ran in the Wall Street Journal. And, of course, they blamed her. They blamed her and the teachers union for what was going on. 
and uh, the unprecedented way they they grandstanded their way through the pandemic. And she's mad, and she fired back. Uh, she she's by the way, the piece did remind us that, uh, but her, she and her union chief were the big disruptors during the whole thing. So her response was, uh, she said, she's used to enduring attacks from their editorial page. She said, listen to the teachers who gave all this help to their students and families. They weathered a global pandemic that killed millions of Americans and orphaned 200,000 children. So with Donald Trump and um, uh, Betsy DeVos in charge, this is what happened. She concluded her letter <laughs> by claiming that those of you that are critical of teachers and school policies uh, during the remote learning, learning period need to drop the divisiveness. No. <laughs> No, no, See, no, they, they, no. They, they, they beg you to drop the divisiveness nah. after they torch you for who you selected and who you voted for. Yeah, and after they spent two years saying that anyone who wants schools back open, full yeah. in person, drop the mask mandates because you don't need it for kids. Yes, most kids aren't wearing those masks correctly anyway. So what does it matter? Just it's theater at this point. You're harming children. They said that we were engaged in human sacrifice. They said it was racist and misogynistic to expect schools to be open. Go take a hike, man. That's well, she's, she sent a letter to the CDC demanding schools be closed yeah. and kept closed until the safety of the teachers and students, even though the vaccine was available at that point in time. It didn't matter. By the way, we're not against teachers here. We're against you, Randy, no. and we're against your union. Well, I'm against some teachers. That set our kids back so far. Yeah. I mean, if that's, anything, that's the problem. If anything, for the districts that kept kids locked out of school, we should be demanding as taxpayers a, a, a refund on our taxes. You know, you oh, got. I 100% agree with you there. You got different. Uh, you got different school districts where the teachers' unions are voting to authorize strikes. Seattle was one. I know in Peoria, Illinois, was one. Yep. Um, I, which to me that it's shameful after what the the kids have gone through. The idea that you're not going to start school on time again over a contract dispute is is horrible and you should be ashamed of yourself well you see the signs popping up throughout the yards yep there you go get your kids into private school school choice now that needs to be the platform for any republican running for office this is the mark lee van camp and robin show The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment, uh, plotting to overthrow the next election, I'm told. That's right. Yeah, that's what that's, he's working on. That's what he's working on right now. Him and a bunch of other MAGA Republicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Democratic Representative Jamie Raskin, he's a guy who's on the uh, January 6th committee. He agrees with Joe Biden that the Republican Party is basically fascist. And here's why. This was on CBS Face the Nation. On Sunday, two of the hallmarks of a fascist political party are one, they don't accept the results of uh, elections that don't go their way. And two, they embrace political violence. And I think that's why President Biden was right to sound the alarm this week about these continuing attacks on our constitutional order from the outside by Donald Trump and his movement. Yeah. Now, now that again, that line of reasoning would work well if Democrats hadn't whined about losing elections for the last 22 years. Yes, they have. Starting with and Bush Jamie and Raskin in particular. Jamie Raskin in particular. I mean, yeah. th- this is what uh, Jamie Raskin had to say in 2003 about Bush's victory. 
The court has been thwarting formation of the popular will. The most spectacular example being Bush versus Gore, where the majority, by a 5-4 vote, enjoined the counting of more than 100,000 ballots in Florida and essentially gave America its first court-appointed president. Well, that's not what happened. It was a narrow victory for George W. Bush in Florida, and he became a duly elected president of the United States. You don't have to love George W. Bush. I know there are a lot of Republicans who are over the whole Bush dynasty thing. We saw mm -hmm. that crystal clear in 2016, 2015 and 2016, uh, with Jeb Bush. So, no, he won the election, period. There is no conspiracy there. there it was not a court-appointed president. He won the election. Same guy lecturing us now. Yeah. Well, Same and, guy. And also, this is the same guy who tried to stop the certification of the 2016 election. Oh, that's right. The I forgot about that. <laughs> Here's yes. Jamie Raskin. Oh. I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. <laughs> and at that point, <laughs> Joe Biden, who was the vice president and therefore as the president of the Senate, was overseeing this whole thing. Uh, he knocked him down and said, no, you, you know, get out of here with that. I mean, he used different language than that, but yeah, essentially told him to sit down and shut up. Now, and then, of course, as far as pushing political violence goes, well, this isn't Jamie Raskin in particular, but here's a, I'll just bring this one back up. It's a montage of liberals calling for violence or excusing violence in the streets. And like, you're talking two years ago, not, right. not, yeah. Distant. Way back when. Way, 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 way back. We've got to stay on the street, uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they they know that we mean business. Thank goodness for the looters, man. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do not get it twisted. This is how this country was started. When you go to cancer treatment, the radiation is tough treatment, but it is meant to remove the cancer. Antifa is not anything more than idea. Antifa's an idea. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. Yeah, and then a few Tough months guy. later, a guy with a gun flew across the country and was caught outside of Brett Kavanaugh's house mm -hmm. with a plan to kill him. So I don't want to, I am not going to sit here and be lectured to by these jack wagons, okay? I no. You don't you don't get to excuse all of these things or encourage in some cases. Remember with the Supreme Court, the White House was not saying people need to not be picketing outside of a federal judge's home. They were right. encouraging it. Yes. They said, "Yeah, you should do it." And it culminated with an assassination attempt. So no, I I don't want to hear this whole they're encouraging violence and all of that. And, you know, you know, there's just there's this series of straw men arguments that get erected by the Democrats right now. And it starts with this idea that everybody's denying the results of the 2020 election. Listen, you, you can look at what happened in 2020 and say you didn't have to come up with a bunch of fake votes. But that election was rigged by media, by big tech, by multiple secretaries of state who completely flipped on its head the way that they usually administer elections. They circumvented duly elected state legislatures to do it, to benefit one political party. That is rigging an election. Was it illegal? Well, I mean, in Wisconsin, they said, yeah, it did actually go against the law. And in this case, I mean, again, the idea that Trump is going to somehow be parachuted into the White House, that's fantasy. That's not going to happen.
Right. The only time he would ever be president again would be in 2025 if he wins the 2024 election. Period. You know what else they found though at Mar-a-Lago? Did you hear this? What's that? It was in. I think it was in the uh, in the back one of the back sheds on the property. They found a bunch of mailboxes. <laughs> right, dude. <laughs> that were stolen. <laughs> you know that's my trigger, man. I, they, I, I know listen, they, the Democrats and the media. <laughs> Tried to convince, and successfully, I think, yes, uh-huh. convince a bunch of people that Donald Trump was stealing mailboxes. <laughs> they lied constantly, and all of those lies went one direction, towards helping the Democratic Party. Joe Biden, you know, we were laughing at the time about Joe Biden running a campaign from his basement, which he basically uh-huh. was. Yes. But he didn't have to run a campaign because the media and big tech and everybody else was running the campaign for them. Well, they did. That's why he didn't have to show up anywhere or do anything. Right. Just cut a couple videos, do some Zoom calls, whatever. doesn't matter how senile you come across because you know CNN's going to be pushing this conspiracy theory that Donald Trump is stealing mailboxes. (laughs) And that Donald Trump is sending secret hand signals to white supremacists. Yeah. Remember that? Yes, of course. I because do. of the OK sign that that's part yeah. of Donald Trump's hand sign repertoire. These people don't have any one. They, they don't have any moral high ground when it comes to questioning the results of an election. I mean, Stacey Abrams is still unapologetic that she had the 2018 election stolen from her. Right. Well, Hillary. Uh, Hillary Clinton still says yeah. Donald Trump was an illegitimate stole president. The, right. Stole the election. The Russians stole the election from her. But how great would that have been if the FBI is there busting a padlock off the door of a shed, <laughs> open up a mailbox, and just come flying out of <laughs> It's the new FedEx location. Right, exactly. Conveniently situated at Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> you go. Yeah. Uh, oh, me- man. Meanwhile, uh, Joe Biden tried to take some credit for the OPEC oil cartel increasing oil supply. Remember that? Uh, it- it's-, it's wiped out completely now. They're cutting 100,000 barrels of oil a day. Yeah. They've made that decision because the price of oil fell dramatically due to fears of a recession. So they said, okay, we're going to actually stop flooding the market so much. They also don't know what's going to happen with Russian oil, which is included in OPEC. So they, they don't shut know. Germany off, didn't they? Yeah, well, Russia cut off Germany yeah. from natural gas. Yeah. yeah. They're, yeah it's just, they're <laughs> taking all the energy and going home. Yeah. So yep. e- even though Joe Biden debased himself to the Saudis back in July, they're not doing anything to help keep prices lower. I just want to do another flashback here. Because it's not a surprise, right? They're, they're going to, one, many of those nations are going to stand with Russia. So when it really happens that Russian oil is essentially off the market, they're going to do what they can to protect that supply. Um, and then also because they, they love making fools out of America. And Joe Biden, because he's held hostage to the green weenie people, is an easy mark. He's an easy target for these people, mm-hmm. for these thugs. So remember, though, even the White House press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre, back in July when, when you know, Joe Biden goes and does the fist bump with the Saudi crown prince and all that, mm-hmm. uh, she couldn't explain what the point of the trip to Saudi Arabia was. Remember, this is, this is like a top 10 moment for me, at least, in her storied career. I just read out earlier, uh, Peter, of all of the things that had occurred uh, that we, some of the... Um, uh, uh, the do-outs or the, some of the things that uh, we were able to get done uh, during this trip. Look, I want to let's step back for a second and talk about um, what the president was trying to do on this trip. If you look at this region, the Middle East, it's a critical 
uh, region. Uh, the president, his intent was to make sure that there was not a vacuum uh, in the region so that you didn't have China and Russia stepping in, trying to fill uh, that vacuum. And so it's important uh, for for the United States uh, to, to make sure that we're having those conversations, direct leader uh, to leader conversations, uh, and that we uh, and that we talk about our national security, we talk about food security, we talk about climate change. All are issues that are important uh, to the American family. And so as, as it relates to the oil production, I talked about and, Jer and Jared talked about what OPEC OPEC Plus did early in June. Uh, we are we are confident that we will we will be able to measure uh, how the success of of those conversations that the president had in the next several weeks. Well, and now here we are several weeks later, and they're going to be cutting the supply that goes to the market to try to drive up the price of oil again. Dude, I'm sorry. I tried very hard to follow along, <laughs> I, and, and quite honestly, I couldn't. I mean, that is a master class of McGurkin right there. Dude, I mean, yeah, trying to really diagram That's a sentence. chasing your tail around the room. It's, My gosh, it, man. It's like trying to go through a corn maze at night with a blindfold on. Right? <laughs> exactly. You're bumping into walls all the time. It's, God, right. I mean, you're right. absolutely right, because I can't follow her. She starts down this trail, and it's just like, is that intentional? It's always like like we've said, like we've stressed, like we've done, you know, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. We think it's going to hold steady or whatever, you know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're a parent and you're sometimes your kid talks to you that way, mm -hmm. you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I can't follow. What is going on here? Golly. Yeah. Oh, did you see this? Uh, UC Irvine, they wanted some, I guess, some some swag made. Uh, some sweatshirts that were going to be sold at Costco. Okay. Uh, UC yeah. Irvine. A lot of schools do that. Yeah. yeah, a lot of schools do that stuff. Um, well, the UC Irvine sweatshirts that were sold at Costco in Irvine were mistakenly printed as UC Irvine, spelled with a U instead of an I. <laughs> so, so, so it's you see your vine or something like that i mean the benefit though and you're a collector Scott, yeah i am i would love to have one i yes. mean that that's something that you would need to get right because that's going to well, be a hot commodity they're only out there for a while and they pull them back see then the value goes up yeah. I would love to have one of those. If you guys know how I can get one, let us know. I want an Irvine <laughs> You see Irvine, exactly. <laughs> well, we all make mistakes, though, right? That's great. It happens from time that to time. That is fantastic. <laughs> oh, this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. Don't know what he's doing, but it, it probably yeah. has something to do with domestic terrorism. I'm assuming. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you but, know, he's a MAGA. Yeah, that's true. One of those mm -hmm. MAGA Republicans. He's yeah, out there right. plotting the downfall of the United States. But what do you call him? Too yesterday, you called him uh, Trumpies. I think that was another one. <laughs> Trumpies. <laughs> Trumpies. Okay. <laughs> that's that's our president. Yeah. Well, you know, the president, though, he, he did have some great news, and I mean that legitimately, some really good news. Did you hear this? You know how much 
You know how much I'm going to do with the deficit this year? One trillion five hundred thousand. Rega, do what that dead deficit. New from Chef Boy RD. I love Rega, do it, Deffy. It actually comes in two flavors. You've got you've got you've got marinara and auchincloss sauce. When you get that Rega, do it, Deffy. Yeah, that's our president. Ask for it by name. Yeah. Uh, the leader of Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, that big scam, uh, has now uh, had a lawsuit filed against him from Black Lives Matter oh. for stealing money. Oh, like there's the there's wow. like the grassroots movement or yeah. whatever, and then there's mm-hmm. the network. Both of them are scams, but they're just mad because this guy pocketed this money for himself allegedly. He's been. I saw this in the L.A. Times. He's been accused by former colleagues of stealing more than $10 million in donations from the organization for his own personal use. Uh, Shalemiah Bowers is the person in question, uh, called out in the court filing as a rogue administrator, a middleman turned usurper. I think that's nice coded language for fall guy. Uh, he siphoned. What, what middle manager gets his hands on twelve million dollars? Ten million, but yeah, ten I mean, million. I mean, what seriously? Well, it's not like the bookkeeping was on the up and up anyway. <laughs> Good God, <golly. laughs> into this. So this guy, I guess, was called in in order to sort of clean shop or clean up the house, you know, and and um, try to get all their ducks in a row, essentially, because they had some tax problems. And it's not just. You know, right-wingers going after Black Lives Matter. I mean, it's attorneys general in the state of Washington, in the state of California, in the state of Indiana. I mean, this is a bipartisan thing that's going on because they have not been upfront about what their donations, well, one, how much in donations they've gotten, where, that's money, where that money has gone. The bookkeeping has been atrocious. And meanwhile, the founder of Black Lives Matter, Patrice Cullors, is running all around the country buying houses. Right, yeah, she's in real estate now. So, so right. Now, I think it's interesting here because this is where we've said it a million times, the left always eat their own, always. Because when you're running a scam, you realize the scam is always run by pretty selfish people who are always looking out for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so you're always going to see the finger pointing and all of this. And in this particular fight, I'm not taking any personal sides because I think it's just really funny. You know, but... Uh, uh, Shalomiah Bowers, though, denied the claims of fa- financial misconduct, saying, quote, uh, they would rather, the people filing the lawsuit, get this, they would rather take the same steps of our white oppressors and utilize the legal system, which is propped up by white supremacy, to solve movement disputes. That's what you do. So people associated with Black Lives Matter are racist because they're suing Black Lives Matter. Because you misappropriated funds that were meant for something other than your own amusement. Yeah. Apparently, yes. uh, if you want to dismantle white supremacy, you need to let people commit fraud. Yeah, because if you call it out, then you know what you are. <laughs> right. It's, it's not. It's, we're, just, we're, we're only a few weeks away from them going the route of, like, it's not looting, it's reparations. It's, right. I mean, it's not defrauding a charitable organization. Right. It's reparations. None of this makes sense. No. None of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you can't make sense of it. It's, it's impossible other than just recognize that they're thieves and bad people. And that's it. Uh.
This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. There, uh, there's no word on exactly what he's doing. But we don't I'm, know. I'm sure it has something to do with uh, insurrection or something like that, right? That's what our president said. Well, he told us people. We knew he'd have to kill us. But <laughs> exactly. So. Meanwhile, Chicago has gotten a couple of busloads from migrants from Texas, uh, as Texas Governor Greg Abbott has been giving these sanctuary cities a little taste of what it's like to deal with the border crisis. Well, they should be welcoming, it's, I would it, think. It is honestly hilarious that all it, these people who, who talk about, we are a nation of immigrants and we need to... How, how can you possibly be complaining about this? You should be thanking him. I agree. You should yeah. be saying, yes, send us more. In yeah. fact, we're going to start paying to, to bring them to our city. Because we've been advocating for a long time for things that will never affect us, and now they do. Right now, now they do. Now and you so, would think I mean, we've got plenty of tape of people saying, "Yes, we're welcoming," and those evil people in Texas and what they're doing to these people is inhumane. <laughs> yeah, one of the more recent busloads of migrants had fifty people, which incidentally is not that much more than the no- number of people who were swept away near Del Rio no, in geez. the Rio Grande, and at least oh, nine people gosh. died God. of that group. Man. You know, remember that semi-tractor that was filled with migrants Mm -hmm. that literally cooked to death yes and this lady has the nerve to say that it's inhumane the chicago mayor Lori lightfoot has the nerve to say that it's somehow inhumane to put people on an air-conditioned bus and send them to chicago i do believe it is pretty inhumane to send anyone to chicago regardless of what their immigration status is right but i but still it's ridiculous and she went after and i know this this has really gotten under your skin she went after greg abbott uh during a press conference because she's begging the feds for help with this but i again i thought that illegals were like were a boon to your society well they're a blessing yeah i thought it was a good blessing you should love it absolutely Uh, Here's Lori Lightfoot. It's decidedly unpatriotic and un-American. Um, I understand the pressures uh, that the people of Texas and some of the other border states are under. No, we don't. see that on a yeah. daily basis. But the thing to do is not this. This is creating a human crisis. Oh, my God. people well, without right, dignity. Time out. Well, uh, listen, idiot. You were the one chastising him for being inhumane in the treatment. And we need to, <laughs> you get your chance now. You get your chance to shine. The national spotlight is on. You shouldn't be whining about this. You shouldn't be casting dispersions at Greg Abbott. You should be sending him a thank you note in the mail. Thank you, Greg, for allowing us to show these people the way and helping them in their betterment of being Americans. I mean, come on. Yeah. What, well, am I, what am I supposed to do? Feel bad for you? <laughs> no, I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> you wanted this. You got it. 
Well, everyone knows that Eagle Pass, Texas, has way more resources than Chicago. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, what, of course. What, who doesn't know that? Yeah, now, now you're actually just getting to see it. Uh, she went on. Out respect, it's not what we are as Americans. And oh, it's, pr- frankly, another demonstration of unpatriotic um, conduct on the part of the governor of Texas. No, it's we not. Can in- no. No, it, it's not. It's unpatriotic. It's very patriotic. It's unpatriotic to throw the doors open and let anyone in. Yeah, but really doing your patriotic duty, Lori, you should accept as many as Greg can send you. I mean, after all, isn't that the right thing to do? That's what you've been advocating. You know, very rarely in life do you wish for stuff that actually happens. You <laughs> wish for it. It's happening. Right. If I if I won, you know, $10 million from the lottery, I'm not going to whine and complain to the lottery. I'm not going to say, well, geez, no. now I'm getting, what am I supposed to do with this $10 million? Yeah. I'm going to just be having a debate as to whether or not I'm taking that lump sum or, or an installment. Yes. That's it. I mean, I'm excited. But this is the people, the same people whose social media are, are, are on every fad, no matter what it yeah. is. Right. Even though their hands are never involved in any of it, mm. they advocate for, it, but they never have to deal with what they're advocating for. They don't have to deal with it. Lori Lightfoot, you are advocating for this sort of thing. You got it. Greg Abbott's doing you a favor. Yeah, you would think. Yes. There's a little bit more here. Must do better as Americans. The rest of the world is watching us and how we're treating. No, actually, the rest no. of the Western world is wondering how many people are going to freeze to death this winter. Right. Yeah, that's what they're wondering. That's what they're... They don't care that a busload of migrants showed up in Chicago. They don't care. These people who are coming to our country because they're fleeing violence. They're fleeing a lack of economic opportunity. They were fleeing other kinds of persecution. This is what our country has been about. We open up our arms and we welcome those who have um, struggled to find a decent quality of life elsewhere. And the way that we welcome them is not what the governor of Texas is doing. It is absolutely un-American. And I urge him. He professes to be a Christian. This is not the Christianity and the teachings of the Bible that I know. And I think religious leaders all across the country are standing up and denouncing exactly Mm. this. Right. Right. Biblical scholar. Reverend Lightfoot. Lightfoot. Reverend Lightfoot needs to be showing how it's done. Absolutely. Why are you complaining about it? Right. I know it's like keep going back to the same point over and over again, but just to hammer home the message of how absurd this whole thing is that all these Democrats, whether it's Chicago, New York, or, or D.C., and then even the White House itself, are so upset about this. Right. Take a trip to Del Rio sometime. Take a trip to Eagle Pass. See what, see what is going on on a day-to-day basis. See what these men and women with the Border Patrol are up against and what they can and cannot do to keep this country secure because of this incompetent administration. You, again, I mean, the bottom, you openly advocated for this. Yeah. You openly advocated for this, and now you have it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand. Why, they, why are you so angry? And by the way, if they're fleeing violence, why the hell are they coming to Chicago? Exactly. I mean, honestly, he, Greg Abbott may have just solved the migration problem altogether. Yeah. People wind up fleeing back oh, to El crap. Salvador. We got to go, go to Chicago? No, thanks. They go back to El Salvador, and they're like, dude, yeah. don't go to the United States, okay? Yeah. Don't, it's worse, all right? Golly. For the love of God, just save your money and try to make this place a better, uh, better country. Uh, meanwhile, also in fantasy land, uh, Joe Biden hit the campaign trail this weekend. He lied a lot. Yeah. Um, he talked about the massive spending plan he just signed. 
which even the media is not calling the Inflation Reduction Act anymore. As soon as that thing was signed, it's, now it's a climate bill and tax bill. It has nothing to do with inflation. Never it will did. not have any impact on inflation. Both uh, left-leaning and right-leaning uh, analysts are saying this. They're like, well, there's nothing in this bill that would actually have any impact on inflation today. Other than increasing it. Other than, yeah, increasing yeah, it for uh-huh. a couple of years and then maybe wiping maybe. out that increase in a couple more years. I mean, no, it, it does nothing to solve the inflation crisis we have. But they still call it the Inflation Reduction Act. And it's not like, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back because this was an obvious thing that they were going to do. But Joe Biden says, you know, Republicans talk about inflation so much and they didn't even vote for the Inflation Reduction Act. Did you hear this? It's just shameless, man. You would think that Republicans really cared about reducing inflation. They'd vote for the Inflation Reduction Act. But every single Republican House and Senate voted against it. Every single Republican in the House and Senate. Now, I admit, some of them voted against it. They thought it made sense, but they, weren't, they couldn't let Biden, quote, have a victory. It's not my victory. It's American people's victory. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, Jill. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except it doesn't, in, it doesn't reduce inflation. But he's just out there lying. Did you see the video of the crowd? I know it's, it, not everything comes down to crowd size. Oh, I did, though. Yeah. Some of the crowds milling around. I mean, it's yeah. nobody's showing up to see the sitting president of the United States. Right. I mean, I went to one, or I, as, a, as a reporter, I covered one in central Missouri of uh, Barack Obama showing up. Dude, it, it, it was like, uh, you know, kiss in the, in the late 70s. You know, I mean, it was oh, just gotcha. lying out the door. There were people waiting. It was hot outside. People were passing out, waiting in line to go. Um, you know, George W. Bush, he shows up at campaign events. People would go. Hillary Clinton, they went. Hillary Clinton, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean they, they went. did. There was enthusiasm there. <clears throat> in more, yeah. in greater numbers than Joe Biden. Joe certainly. Biden is, I mean, again, this is a guy who, I mean, there was nobody enthusiastic. I don't think anybody enthusiastically voted for Joe Biden. No. It was, they, they, they voted against Donald Trump. Right. They, they could have just written instead of, it's like underneath Donald Trump's name, they could have just written, yeah. he'll do. You know? Yeah, right. Anybody. <laughs> That's right. it. I mean, yeah, because who wants to go and hear this over you and over? You know how much? You know how much I'm going to do with the deficit this year? <laughs> One trillion five hundred thousand. Did anybody cock their head like the RCA dog and just look at this? Regan do with the uh, defi this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, someone on TikTok put Joe Biden's senility and turned it into a song. Of course they did. Have you? Heard this? I haven't. This no. was on TikTok, and I want to try to give proper attribution here. Uh, the handle is at Socialist Mop. Okay. So there you go. Uh, here's the song, though. What's the song that is played where everybody is on the chair? Everybody, at the, you know, uh, go, going to uh, the, uh, you know, my mind's going blank now. What's happening? What, what, I can't remember. I'm going to lose track. My mind's going blank now. A smile on your face. <laughs> oh, There's our president right there. All right. Cool. Oh, yeah. man.
Uh, coming up, Donald Trump also hit the campaign trail for a couple of candidates. We'll hear some of what he had to say. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Thank you so much for being here. Got some new audio for you, Scott. Oh, I can't wait. We'll, uh, we'll get to what Donald Trump had to say about John Fetterman during a rally in Pennsylvania in the next, like, 15 minutes or so. Oh my God. Brand new, hot off the presses audio. I've not heard this yet. I don't know what this is. From the White House Press Secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre. Oh, no. So Joe Biden's going all in on how these MAGA Republicans are this big existential threat to the United States of America. Because nobody, nobody who cares about America would ever question the legitimacy of a presidential election, right? Well, of course that's (laughs) bogus because Democrats have done that every time they lose a big race. Of course. For decades now. Mm -hmm. I mean, 2016, the most recent example... Most recent national example, of course, 2018, Stacey Abrams lost the uh, governor's race in Georgia, and she, to this day, is totally unapologetic about saying that that race was stolen from her. And they never want to, you know, they, they're, they're rarely put into a position where they have to actually defend that discord there, that dissonance between the two takes. Mm-hmm. But Corrine Jean-Pierre has now actually been put in that position. Oh, boy. Uh, because in 2016, and actually for, for many years, she tweeted that thing she would say in interviews on Twitter that uh, the election was stolen in 2016. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. Russia stole the election for him. Things like that. She also said Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia stole the election in 2018. So finally, this is a question that should have been asked a long time ago. But finally, Peter Doocy from Fox News decided to say, hey, you know, you, you actually tweeted some conspiracy theories about <clears throat> elections, oh, right? Yeah. So how is this any different here? And listen to this. You tweeted in 2016 oh, I knew Trump stole an election. Oh. I was waiting, Peter, when you were going to ask me that question. Well, great. here we go. <laughs> you tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results... Yeah is extreme now yeah so let's let's be really clear that that comparison that you made is just ridiculous i have been i have been well you're asking me you're asking me a question let me answer it and you said it was ridiculous i was i was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the what was in danger of voting rights that's what i was speaking to at the time right see it was different i was talking about voting rights not voting rights what a hot garbage that is (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, so a lot of us were out there saying, hey, look, the way that the 2020 election is being conducted looks fraudulent. It looks like it's rigged. Yes. That doesn't necessarily. Now, some people go down this route. Uh, Certainly, the former president has gone down this route, still does, that there were like millions of made up votes that that pushed Joe Biden over the edge. I don't think that or at least I haven't seen compelling evidence to suggest that. However, we have seen how multiple states completely upended the way that they administer elections in order to, quote-unquote, keep people safe during the pandemic. You know, you had all sorts of ballot harvesting going on. I mean, in Wisconsin, you had people going to old folks' homes, going to the Alzheimer wing, and getting people to fill out ballots. I Mm -hmm. wonder how they voted, huh? Really? 
I mean, you, you actually had a lot of shenanigans going on in the 2020 election, and you can actually point to those and say, boy, that looks like that was illegitimate. That looks like that was not a fairly conducted election. That does not make you a conspiracy theorist to say that. What does make you a conspiracy theorist is looking at 2018 Georgia, where voter turnout among African Americans hit a record high. And somehow they still say that Brian Kemp stole the election from people through voter suppression. Now, how is it possible that you have a record number of black people coming out to vote and yet they're also simultaneously having their votes suppressed? It doesn't make sense. That is a conspiracy theory. That is yeah. a, and and but Corrine Jean Pierre apparently says, well, it's different because I don't know, I'm what, a black lesbian. That's basically I, what it comes I, down I, to. I don't even know what that argument was about. I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. None of it makes any sense. No. No, and then, you know, you go back to... Uh, the only thing they have is the Capitol riot. That's it. Well, yeah. And they say, well, people died. Well, one person was killed as a result of the riot. A few other people had heart attacks. A guy died from a stroke. Mm-hmm. That's not quite the same as, like, mass death that happened. Mm. And you want to count... You want to really compare body counts here? Let's talk about the mostly peaceful riots that Democrats... Uh, and the media absolutely endorsed, endorsed and pushed mm-hmm. and made happen. I mean, that, it's not even close here. I mean, you could, uh, it's just, it's, yeah, I mean, if you want to play what about is, yeah, I mean, you could play that all day. It's insanity. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin show. Uh, biggest story of the day. There is a lot to choose from here. I guess gas prices are probably going to start going back up, unfortunately, Gosh, because dang. OPEC uh, has decided to pull a bunch of barrels of oil off the market moving forward because they want the price of oil to go up higher because their governments rely on that. Now, we could completely circumvent any forthcoming pain by just unleashing American energy production, and we have a president who will not do that. Nope. We have a president who is held hostage by the communists and the Green Revolution and will not actually stand up and tell the children to sit down and shut up. Go back to your faculty lounge. (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, (laughs) you got to hear what what Donald Trump said about John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. This is hilarious. This is the Mark Levan Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. Thank you so much for being here, as always. Uh, So Donald Trump, the Trumpster, did a uh, rally in Pennsylvania. Well, it was a big one, too, wasn't it? It it was a big one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He was hoping to boost Republican candidate for governor Doug Mastriano and Senate candidate the one and only Dr. Dr. Oz. Oz. Who's losing to John Fetterman right now. Yeah, uh, he mentioned Don, uh, Don, John Fetterman. Now, this guy had a massive stroke earlier this year. He can barely speak. That's not, that's not an exaggeration and, at all. And by his own campaign's account, is easily startled by loud noises and bright lights. Yes. And this is the guy that's leading Dr. Oz right now in yeah, the Senate the, race in Pennsylvania. The race is narrowing a little bit. Now, even his hometown paper was right, uh, published an editorial. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, published an editorial saying, hey, you know, th- th- that's actually, there are some serious questions as to whether or not he can serve the people well, sure. of Pennsylvania in the United States. Well, he can't States debate Senate. either. 
they were gonna. I mean, Oz has been calling for this debate, and he won't do it in his campaign. He's like, well, he's not really up to it yet. Yeah. Well, right. Then you're not you can't allowed do to be it. a senator. I'm, and you're and exactly. Sorry. Yet. I mean, I, I don't. Want, I'm not making light of the guy's condition. I'm just saying he wants to be the senator in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Now, and he can't put his sentence together. I don't get it. Now, uh, Trump didn't get into the whole stroke thing, really, but instead went after John Fetterman for always wearing hoodies. He always wears hoodies. And, yeah, because that, that's like his thing, right? He's this big, tough yeah. guy who's actually yeah, a right. mama's boy. Right, lived Mom at and, home with his parents till he was 50. <laughs> Mom and dad paid his bills for him yeah, until he was 49. Ass. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, here is, here is Donald Trump talking about John Fetterman in the only way that Donald Trump can. Right. And this guy's a disaster. He comes in with a sweatsuit on. I've never seen him wear a suit. A dirty, dirty, dirty sweatsuit. It's really disgusting. You know, I'm a clean freak. I'm a clean freak, Oz. I don't like those dirty sweatsuits. They're disgusting. Fetterman may dress like a teenager getting high in his parents' basement. <laughs> Fetterman supports taxpayer-funded drug dens and the complete decriminalization of illegal drugs, including heroin, cocaine, crystal meth, and ultra-lethal fentanyl. And by the way, he takes them himself. <laughs> John Fetterman's a slob, and he, and he does crystal meth. <laughs> wow. I don't, Man. I, I don't, for the record, I don't think that John Fetterman actually uses those drugs himself. But you know, I don't, I don't think so either. But I don't know for sure. But but, yeah. but then again, they did lie about the severity of his stroke, so maybe oh he gosh. is partying with with Hunter Biden in the tour bus. But and, dude, I mean, seriously, when you step back and you look at this election, and again, I'm not in Pennsylvania. I'm not from Pennsylvania. I know really nothing about Fetterman other than what I've read, and that is, I know it that he's a far left lunatic. Oh yeah, in his politics. This guy had a stroke. He had a stroke, and he's certainly not completely recovered from said stroke, nor is there any word that he will become completely recovered. This may be as good as it gets. I don't no. know. And, and you don't know. It could be he makes we a don't full know. recovery. I, You're absolutely right. We don't know. How he is leading any polling to become the next senator is beyond my grasp, I, unless it is just a backlash to Trump. I don't know. No, I, 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 don't, I don't think it's well, necessarily what is it, then? Bad. Is it Oz just not a good candidate? Well, I, I think, one, uh, the Dr. Oz thing was seen as kind of a joke. And well, it kind of is. If I were yeah. in Pennsylvania, I would not, in the primary, I would not have voted for him. There was a Kathy Barnett, who I thought did a great job at, at, in, the, in the home stretch of the primary, but just wasn't enough. Uh, to get over the top, she really wasn't even much of a contender. Um, she seemed to take some votes away from Dr. Oz, and there are some legitimate questions about whether or not Dr. Oz can actually be trusted as a you know conservative voice in the United States Senate. That said, if I live in Pennsylvania, there is no way in hell I'm <laughs> I'm going to vote for a socialist Democrat. No, I'm not like John Fetterman. So, th but I think because the Dr. Oz race was certainly getting more attention. And not necessarily in a good way. A lot of negativity that way. Uh, you know, he started off a little bit slow. The polls that I've seen have been really close. They're they're getting much closer. It is tightened up. And the other thing is, is that you kind of forget about it if you're if you're paying attention mainly to national news. National media, they don't really put him out there. But remember that it was the second speech he gave after his stroke. 
when it, so, so yeah. he had he had been pretty much on home confinement or in the in the hospital for a while, and he comes out and he's out in front of a union hall and what I mean, is wrong with demanding for an easy, safe kind of their income, a path to a safe place for them to win, or excuse me, to work. To work. How many people believe it's unfair to have enough of a security and a pension and healthcare to take care of themselves? So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is one simple and one simple truth. If you send me to Washington, D.C., and there's going to be choices in front of me as the next senator, and it's going to be, it's going to be what? Are you going to stand with the union way of life, or are you going to stand with trying to destroy the union way of life. Thank you. Thank you for endorsing me on first day of my campaign. And I'm going to pay that back and make sure that we deliver what we need to to make sure we deliver. Yeah. I mean, That's it's sad. That's unbelievable. It's sad. really sad. It and, is. And honestly, I mean, <laughs> his wife is out there with him on the campaign trail holding his hand much like or very similar to, to Dr. Jill. Dr. Jill with Joe Biden. Now, the two men's maladies are, are drastically different, but the result well, but looks yet, the same. Exactly. You have to yeah. have your wife cart you around, and honestly, shame on his wife. I couldn't imagine doing that to, my, to, to a significant other of mine. Well, I, no, no. Like, I, I could not imagine if my wife uh, had had a devastating stroke earlier this year and she were running for any political office... I could not imagine sitting there saying, I'm okay with this, mm -hmm. much less helping to promote. I mean, it would, it would be one of those situations where you've got to just have that tough conversation. You can't do this. You're, you're kind of embarrassing yourself, and let, let's just focus on the recovery. Yeah, what I mean, is the, right. What is, I mean, what is the motivation? Well, it's power. Exactly. It's power, and it's it's too late to mount another campaign. It's too late to get somebody else really in there. So, what would you have to do? A write-in candidate? How does that work? I you know, know. So, so this is what they're willing to do in order to get power. The Democrats. They're willing Gosh, to put dang. out guys who kind of sound like vegetables, to be honest. Uh, and you know, with Biden, it worked. I don't know if it'll work with John Fetterman, but it is really sad. And, you know, I'd love him. I'd love for him to, you know, recover. And then in sure. six years or in a mm -hmm. few years, uh, there's going to be another Senate race. Try again. I want him to lose honestly. But in this case, he's not up for the job. That that's dangerous if he's in the United States Senate. You know, we've talked about this before, but I mean, holding Jill Biden somewhat responsible for what's going on is is fair in my mind. Oh, yeah. Because you're right. I mean, as a spouse, it's, to pull Joe aside and say, Joe, your time has come and gone. You know, we got plenty of dough. You're a former vice president. You can go on some speaking tour or give interviews or do whatever you want to do now. Yeah. We got plenty of, we got plenty of things to live for and to be a part of in, in your golden years. Yeah. And you're past your golden years. I mean, you're into something else now. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you do that, and, and that's love, man. That's love. When you tell somebody, okay, listen, it's time to go. Yeah. It's time to go. We, I can't have you out here doing this anymore because it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to you, and it will hurt your legacy. 
Yeah, but you know, I can't. I can't allow this to happen unless, of course, you're a, you know, again, if you're the climber and in it for the power of, that the position brings you in your family. Well, then, okay. Yeah, I mean, there no one ever accused the Bidens of being good people. So no, well, you know what? And people. you point that out. It is interesting you say that now because I remember Joe Biden, and again, it was the, it was this whole carefully sculpted image of Joe Biden through the years, right? Yeah. They was lunch pale Joe. He's just a good blue collar, good old boy sort of character, and he's not. And nothing has exposed that more than the last two and a half, three years. No, and, and I think it is proof positive that you cannot have someone as addled as he is be the president of the United States. No, because it's a disaster. It, it, it nothing is really working, and you know you could Trump had a lot of faults. As president, there's oh no gosh, question yeah. about it. There was yeah. a lot of things he did that was self-sabotaging and all yep. of that. But you kind of knew that going in that the personality might get in the way of some good things, mm-hmm. and good things still happened, in spite of the crazy tweets and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, with, with the case of John Fetterman in, in Pennsylvania, we can't have a senator like that. You no, can't. you can't. One, the political ideology, I think, is bad. I, I Horrible. Don't, He's a I, socialist. Yeah, he is. And, you know, I think I'm totally against that. But the other thing is, who is actually going to be making the decisions? Because that guy can barely finish a sentence. Exactly. So people deserve to know who they're actually voting for to make decisions at the highest levels of our government. I agree. That's it. On a lighter note... Um, you know, apparently there have been 2,400 video game consoles ever invented. No kidding. Right? That, wow. 2,400 video game consoles. There is a collector of video game consoles. He has every single one that's ever been made. He's in France. Uh, he's selling the entire collection on eBay for $1 million. Oh, buddy. That's the buy it now price. People, if people start bidding on it, it could go higher. The collection spans about fifty years. Wow! So maybe you're onto something with holding on to all the junk that you have. Well, see, if you have a I lot of been junk, collecting video game consoles, I guess. Right. But you, I only I only collect stuff I like. See that, yeah. and that's that's it. I did I did get a Seinfeld mug this weekend. I like, think they're pretty. They're pretty mass produced, though. That's the problem. Oh, okay. So it's not like a yeah, vintage. But no, it's just it's something. just more of a yeah thing for me. Oh, you know what I have though? Did What's I tell that? you this? I have. Oh, I think I told you this. I have a cassette copy at home. Yeah. Of Kate Bush, and with the song "Running Up That Hill" on it. Yeah. And on eBay right now, it's being sold for a hundred or a hundred and ten dollars. Yeah, because "Running Up that, that Hill" same cassette. Yeah, is the number one song in the country. Yeah, again. it's a, it's a, it's been a big song all summer because of yeah. the show Stranger Things. Most downloaded song of summer was a song from nineteen eighty six. Why? So why won't you sell it? I, first of all, I didn't know it was worth that much. I yeah. just happened to go come across it in this box of cassettes I had. I went, oh, I didn't even know I had that. It's still in the wrapper. It hasn't never been opened. Dude, that, just sell it, man. That's yeah. If, if yeah. nothing else, that's more money for your essential oils or whatever. <laughs> that's right. For, <laughs> I was going to say beer money, but you don't drink anymore. Yeah, I don't drink anymore. So, Yeah, I know it's it's weird, but yeah, I mean, just some of that stuff, that's why I guess I pack rat it so much, you know. <laughs> Because you never know what it'll be worth, and then you'll never sell it. $90 a month for a storage locker. I don't even know what's in it. Yeah. <laughs> See, that could pay for one month of your storage <laughs> exactly. locker if you sell the Kate Bush cassette. Okay? Yeah. All right. Uh, coming up, what do we have on deck here? Oh, Randy Weingarten with the American Federation of Teachers says, Don't blame me for kids failing now.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Uh, so Randy Weingarten, this is the head of the American Federation of Teachers, one of the largest mm-hmm. teachers unions in the nation. And she was out front and center telling the CDC, hey, keep those schools closed. That's what she did. She sent them letters and everything, remember? Because we got to get millions more dollars in mm-hmm. federal funding to upgrade air ventilation or something. And that work has really not been done nationwide, uh, even though the money was actually appropriated. And they still were locking kids out of school. Yeah, what happened to all the HVAC stuff, by the way? Yeah, I thought that was supposed to get fixed. Cause Me too. We kind of spent some of this gazillions of dollars were going. Yeah. yeah, we spent like five or six trillion dollars. And boy, seems like there should be. You know, the HVAC techs ought to be just busy going to schools constantly, Yeah, right? rolling in the dough. You yeah. would think. But uh-huh. uh, now that we've gotten the nation's report card, is what it's called, where we see that among fourth-grade students, we have wiped out two decades' worth of improvements Unreal. on math and reading proficiency. She says, don't look at me. Wasn't my fault. Well, the Wall Street Journal just wrote a piece criticizing Randy Weingarten and the teachers' union for this awful downturn that's taken place in education because of the pandemic and the lockdowns and virtual learning and all the other nonsense. Well, Randy's not going to take that lying down. By golly, she's coming back, buddy. She said, no, teacher. I know. Enjoyed remote and hybrid learning. That was championed by Betsy DeVos. Uh Not one teacher relished teaching a class by zoom I well i don't know there were remember the chicago teachers union they they were they did an interpretive dance video in the winter of what was that 2020 heading into 2021 i forgot about that they literally did an interpretive dance video urging the district to stay closed while former president trump and his education secretary ms devos ranted and raved their successors put these safety measures in place to get that reopening done, Randy said. She praised the Democrats in the American Rescue Act and slammed the GOP. The American Rescue Plan, which every Republican in Congress voted against, is our vehicle to accelerate learning so kids can recover and thrive. How? Then went on to say, rather than, this is the part I like the most, rather than divide and distract... Like I just did, you mean? Yeah. Uh, Politicians of all stripes should focus on what children need from reading, math, and music to mental health support and pathways to career in colleges. Teachers deserve our ear and our help, not shame and blame. Uh Uh-huh. Randy Weingarten. Okay. Yeah, well, she's a bad person. Who wrote the letter to the CDC, by the way, demanding (laughs) schools be closed. (laughs) Okay, yeah. But it's Trump and Betsy DeVos's fault. Sure. Right, that's it. You got okay. it. Yeah, I mean, again, they, they passed a gazillion dollars in funding. A lot of that was supposed to go to schools uh, in order to get them back open while Trump was president. A lot of conservatives were really nervous at the amount of money that was being spent on that, by the way. Would you say in your rankings, by the way, and I realize that you, you do this, and sometimes they change, but Randy Weingarten would deserve a position as one of the top five worst humans on the planet? No, she is misses she not the, in the top five. Okay. No, I mean she's she's a bad person for sure. 
But so where does she rank with with the rankings? I, I, she might be in top ten territory. Top ten territory. Okay. Yeah. Not not top five. Bubbling yeah. under the top ten. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. But she, still bubbling. She's yeah. not making it to the national championship, but right. she'll have she'll get a good. You know, she might get a Rose Bowl gig or something. Or the number one seeded mid major, though. Right. Right. right exactly. Okay. Got it. Got <laughs> right. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment today. Thank you so much for being here. So we've got a crisis at the southern border. This isn't exactly mm-hmm. breaking news, right? I mean, no, it's been one, going on for a while now. Yeah. It's one tragedy after the other. That's true. Uh, there were 53 migrants swept away in the Rio Grande uh, just a few days ago. At least nine of them are dead. There may be the death toll may have gotten higher. I haven't seen an update oh, on that yet. Boy. Um, you know, you've already seen more than 600 lives lost at the border. People trying to cross, and it's because they've gotten the message from this administration that when they get here, they'll be able to come in. In a lot of cases, they're right. Mm-hmm. Come in, you know, you get you 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 meet somebody who's just some bureaucrat with the Department of Homeland Security. They rubber stamp. Uh, like a court date, because you don't have to go in front of a judge anymore. And they've streamlined the process for people to basically enter the system and then get lost in it. Uh, It's really sad what's happening, because the human catastrophe is something we've never seen before at the border when it comes to the migrants themselves losing their lives. You're talking about children, in a lot of cases, dying as a result of this. Dude, it's brutal. It's brutal. Not to mention... It is absolutely suicidal for a nation to not know who is coming in and actually incentivize that process. Mm -hmm. That is how you destroy a country. And so it, it it is heartbreaking for so many different reasons. And so there are a lot of Republicans in Congress, and especially people who represent border states, who are... Once again, on this, like asking the White House, asking somebody to go down and see for themselves what's happening there. Don't take the advice of Alejandro Mayorkas because that guy, that's the uh, head of Homeland Security, because that guy lies all the time. He, how many times have we heard him say that the border is secure? The border is secure. We have challenges at the borders. You know, I, look, <laughs> somebody needs a reality check. Oh, yeah. Somebody in the White House needs to see what is going on. And I am glad. You know, I thought it was kind of a stupid political stunt at first. But I am glad that the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, is sending migrants. Oh, I don't care if it's a political stunt or not. To blue, to blue cities. I have no problem with that. If you advocate for a sanctuary city, yeah. everyone's welcome. We welcome people that are different than us in our city. Yeah. And Greg Abbott's like, okay, well, we got too many here. Yeah. We're being overrun right now. And since you are a welcoming city and you've gone on record as saying so, I'd like to send you some people here. Right. To welcome them to your city. Yeah, the the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, has come out and said this is horrible. Greg Abbott's not really a Christian because he's doing this. And she's gotten, at last count, about 125 
migrants dropped off in her city. Yeah. Okay, that is one-sixth the total <laughs> number of people who have died crossing the border. Mm-hmm. Not to mention that's a drop in the bucket compared to the thousands that show up unannounced at our southern border every single day. It's a real problem, and people need to take it seriously. And hopefully this is actually changing some minds when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the crisis down south. Dude, it, this happens all the time. I mean, with the defund the police movement, it was a lot of yeah. people calling for it that weren't affected by the decisions that had to be made based on what they, the rhetoric they were throwing out there. Yeah. When it comes to their neighborhood, it's completely different. Oh, right. So we'll see if minds change here all of a sudden. Like, well, we can't have this. Yeah. Now, Senator Ted Cruz, Republican out of Texas, uh, invited Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, to the border. Mm-hmm. And, hey, come on down, see it for yourself. So Corrine Jean-Pierre today was asked about that. Hey, what, what's your response to Ted Cruz's invitation? And listen to this. So I've been to the border. I went in 2018. Uh, I stood outside facilities where the Trump administration was separating families, okay. uh, tearing babies out of their mother's arms. Okay. Uh, some of those kids still... Yeah, I know. you. God, that irritates me when I hear that. Tearing babies from the arms of their mothers. Just so dramatic right. and wrong. Yeah. yeah. One thing I, I will say is I certainly don't need lectures uh, or invitations from Republicans about the border or uh, border policies. Part of that, she also said um, that a lot of those kids that were ripped away from their mothers haven't been reunited with the families. And you know what? This, this definitely flew under the radar. But do you know why a lot of them haven't been reunited with their quote-unquote family members? Mm-mm. Because they weren't actually family. Right. They were not family members. And so, you know, if you're a mother or a father, in most cases, you know, you get separated from your kid. You're going to move heaven and earth to find that kid. So if the government is saying, hey, we're not going to deport you if you just get reunited, we're, we're trying to just get you back with your kid where your kid belongs, you're going to do it. But they don't because, in a lot of cases, the folks who show up at the border aren't actually family. People will be matched with children in an effort to not get deported, not get exactly. turned away. That's yeah. been going on for a long time. Yeah. And liberals never want to accept that mm-hmm. as a fact. And it's really sad for the child that's, in, that's involved with this. I mean, because they're just told, okay, that's your mom or that's your dad. And that they're, they're used as human shields, essentially. So uh, for her to then just start talking about kids in cages when there were, again, as a point of fact, literally more kids in cages under Joe Biden than there ever were under Donald Trump. These people are just shameless liars. But I mean, again, back to the original question, though, why wouldn't you go there now? Well, because you know what's going on there. Yeah. And you don't you, you absolutely it's going to be very difficult for you to go back up there and defend that after you've seen it. You don't want to go there because that's why. Oh, yeah. And, I went there in 2018. Yeah. Well. Well, yeah. And you would think, you know, if you're in a situation where, as the administration is, you're trying to tell people the border is secure, then why wouldn't you go there and show America your success? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're proud of it, 
Why not? I mean, if you're in construction and you're proud of a, of a home you built, you're going to mm-hmm. show it off. You're going to show people pictures of it. You're going to be like, yes, this is, this is what I did, how great of a space this is. And I'm so glad that a family is starting their life in this thing that I built for them. Mm-hmm. Right? You're going to show it off. You're going to be happy if you're an architect and you build a skyscraper. You're going to want to show it off to people. That's your crown jewel. I agree. If you're a musician and you're proud of your product, you're going to play people your music. But in this case, they know that Americans, if they hear this music, they're not going to like the tune because it is a mess down at the southern border. Unbelievable. Meanwhile, Joe Biden hit the campaign trail over the weekend. Uh, During a stop in Wisconsin, he talked about the CHIPS Act, which is supposedly going to increase computer chip production here in the United States. But really, we know what this is. It's a huge payout to members of Congress invested in the industry like Nancy Pelosi. By the way, just as an aside... Did you see the report that if Republicans take over the House of Representatives, she's open to taking the ambassadorship to Italy? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, she just wants to go get drunk in wine country, well, you right? You take old Uncle Drunkle with you. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, mm-hmm. Anyway... Just that. Sorry, that was my own ADHD moment here. No, but right. here, yeah. here is uh, Joe Biden talking about chips and chip production. Well, once again, manufacture semiconductor chips that power every day, everything, our smartphones, dishwashers, automobiles, national security stuff right here in America. Guess what? We invented it here. We invented it here in America. By the way, the reason why last time out, last year, inflation was so high, you know the biggest reason? Cost of automobiles. You know why they cost so much? They didn't have the computer chips to make the automobiles. Well, that was part of inflation, but, you know, it, it also had something to do so that's it, with huh? energy prices. Hmm. <laughs> that's it. So I'm confused now. Is it, is it because of a lack of chips or is it Vladimir Putin? Why do I care where they were invented? I guess he's trying to drive home the point like a pep rally, right? Like, hey, we invented yeah. this technology. We should well, be making it here. Okay. <laughs> Just so I, I don't know, man. I mean, man, I'm telling you, logic know, is not I something that... See, I, I look at you like that, and I'm like, I shouldn't even ask that, because you're, I'm asking you to do something that's impossible. Right. Well, I don't... Make I, sense of that garbled mess I, that comes out of his mouth. Garbled mess? I don't know what you're talking about. I heard him. He sounded sharp as a tack. You know how much... You know how much I'm reduced with the deficit this year? <laughs> reduce the deficit this year. <laughs> Trying to say reduce the deficit, I believe. Yeah. Those words, again, someone turned over the Scrabble board in Joe's mind. And it just we'll catalog all... that for the next, uh, yeah. next uh, a montage you have coming up. So. <laughs> what, what, this? That one will what? be part of it. Yeah. You know how much yeah. I'm reduced with the deficit this year? There you go. Did you see the Daily Wire actually put that to a beat? That that, that word? Yeah. Oh, no, I yeah. No. This is how much can we do with the depth this year? Can we do with the depth this year? How much can we do with the can we do with the depth? One trillion five hundred thousand. How much can we do with the depth this year? Can we do with the depth this year? How much can we do with the can we do with the? That's gonna be the song of the fall. Get ready. You got that from Daily Wire? Yeah. That's great. That's really good. That's great. Oh. Oh, we got a nice little update on the student debt cancellation scam. It's going to cost a lot more money than we all thought it would even initially. We'll get to that next. Much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show.
Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is off today, back tomorrow. Thank you very much for being around or being here with us today, as always. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got a little update on the student loan saga. So, you know, Joe Biden decided that he was going to cancel uh, up to $10,000 for a single borrower uh, mm-hmm. making under $125,000 a year. That's doubled at, uh, if you're a couple. Um, so, <laughs> you know, the, the whole idea is that it's not buying votes. That's what the Biden administration says. It's not about trying to buy votes, not about trying to excite the base. This is about making a generational investment. That's what right. they keep saying. Even though they don't, they're not attaching any strings to this, they're not telling colleges to change their pricing model. They're not, no. they're not changing anything about the way in which these loans are issued. They're just saying that money is pretend and it's forgiven now. Right? Uh, uh, well, <laughs> as part of this generational investment, there is some analysis that has been done by the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. Nonpartisan bipartisan group, I should say, Uh, the amount of collective debt owed from student loans will reach the current amount within the decade. So right right now, there's about $1.6 trillion of outstanding student loan debt. Now, if every eligible borrower opts out, or opts for, rather, debt forgiveness, that would fall to about $1.1 trillion. But because there is nothing to prevent people from taking out loans they can't afford for degrees they'll never use, that is going to be right back up to $1.6 trillion by 2028. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I I know why they don't do it. It's because most of their voting base at this point for the Democratic Party is in academia, so they would never want to do this. But again, even if you don't like the idea of robbing... um, uh, the endowments of major universities to finance something like this, even if you hate that idea. I love that idea, by the Me way. Too. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. I'm glad that more and more people are getting on board with this, but are getting on board with that particular idea. But why would you not actually change the way that these loans are issued? Why would you not alter that at all unless you knew that your buddies were making a boatload of cash off of it? You know that, okay, well, you know, we, we need the universities behind us because otherwise they might not be little communist factories, and we like communist factories, so we want them to keep churning out people with interpretive lesbian dance degrees mm-hmm. uh, who will forever be in our debt waiting for us to come in and rescue them. They need people under the boot of big government, and this is the best way to do it to saddle them with a whole lot of debt that they'll never be able to pay off on their own. So that's why. But the practical, if you were looking for solutions, you would start really aggressively capping the amount of money you can borrow for a degree. And to me, it's got to go to the universities as well. They have to change their pricing models. I think like one thing is if you want to go get an art history degree, you can go get an art history degree. But you're going to be paying three times as much as the person going to med school. You're, and we're going to try to offset the cost for people who actually are going to school to do something beneficial to society. Mm-hmm. Right. And if and, you, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, we talk, and I agree with you 100%, but we always talk about the predatory nature of big oil, yeah. big pharma. We never do this with universities. Oh, no. 
We never do. We it, don't even talk about it. And it is. It is predatory. They can charge whatever they want. Yeah. I mean, and I think there there's a whole system, and I think it's starting to turn a little bit with with Gen Z and maybe some of my fellow millennials, where it's it's changing a little bit. The attitude of what a college degree really is, what it's mm-hmm. worth, things like that. You're hearing about, and a lot of this had to do with the pandemic more than just the financial aspects of it. But you know, a lot a lot more younger people are opting to not go to school. They don't want to go to college um, because. For whatever reason, they had to stay home because times were, times were tough at home, thanks to the government shutdowns and whatnot. Um, but I hope it really does. We get to a point where we just kind of say, if you're going to go and do something in the humanities or whatever in college, you're going to have to pay for that. You're going to have to prove that you can finance it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just kind of going to point and laugh at you while people go and do something productive for society. And I say that as a person who has a completely useless degree. And I was, I was an idiot for paying off whatever I owed. You know, I should have just waited. There, buddy. I should have yep. just waited, man. It sucks. But, but seriously, I also think that you know one requirement for any university should be on the front page of the catalog when you're picking your courses. It has to show you. What is your expected income level? What is the median income for graduates with whatever degree you're pursuing? And give people a chance to really weigh their options. I agree. Again, they won't do it because it's a big scam. Right. They need people to go in and take stupid degree pass and take the course on Taylor Swift and songwriting or whatever. I mean, they, <laughs> they need people to take those useless classes to keep the scam going. And it's really unfortunate because college can offer a whole lot of things to a whole lot of people. I mean, I'm all for it. I'm very pro higher education, yeah. but you're right. I mean, to be held accountable on some yeah. level. There, there has is to no. be some accountability, and there's none. There is none, and people's behaviors are not going to change, and that's a shame. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Uh, biggest story of the day, aside from the uh, student loan debt scam continuing, uh, there are a few things. One, you know, Joe Biden is out there uh, trying to cast the midterm elections as a choice between freedom and fascism, right? Mm-hmm. From the same guy who said, get this useless COVID vaccine and, uh, or we'll fire you. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is he keeps harping on this idea of Republicans are the only party that has uh, embraced a message that maybe an election wasn't legitimate. <laughs> Which is laughable because uh, yes. Democrats do not lose grace, graciously. 2016 Never. was a good example of that. The White House press secretary was asked about this. We'll get to her muddled response next. Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. We got the big trifecta coming up in just mm-hmm. a few. But one of the big things that Joe Biden's been talking about, uh, really, of course, since last Thursday's crazy speech in front of the blood red scenery and all that stuff, where he's going after MAGA Republicans being in 
existential threat to the United States of America because they doubt the legitimacy of elections, which is laughable because the 2016 Democratic presidential candidate, Hillary Clinton, still to this day says that Trump illegitimately won the 2016 presidential election. Most Democrats would agree that the 2000 election was stolen by George W. Bush. Anytime they lose an election, it's because it was stolen from them. That's how this works. That's what they say all the time. So today, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, was asked, hey, what about Democrats that, including the White House press secretary herself, Mm -hmm. what about y'all who who spent years saying that Donald Trump wasn't illegitimately elected president, that he wasn't really the president? He and Russia stole it from the American people and Hillary Clinton. So here's the response, and I think you'll enjoy this. I'm not going to go back to where we were or what happened in 2016. We're going to focus on the here and now. We're going to focus on what's happening today, uh, this inflection point that the president pointed out uh, very clearly, very decisively uh, in, in a few speeches about what the country needs to do at this time to bring the country together. And he believes that's where majority of Americans are when it comes to protecting our democracy, when it comes to protecting our rights, and when it comes to protecting our freedoms. That's what we're going to talk about. that's what we're going to focus on on where we are at today man she straight up went the past is the past the future is now 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 if listen if if a republican candidate and and some have done this uh, on the campaign trail they're asked about uh, trump's reaction to the 2020 election and if they're asked about it and they say you know what i'm focused on this race they get shredded by the media oh yeah That standard cannot be applied to Democrats, apparently. It is remarkable that it takes Fox News' Peter Ducey to really ask the questions. Hey, you know, what what about the fact that y'all said that the 2016 presidential election wasn't legitimate? In fact, uh, Obama actually sicked the FBI on the guy who won the election because they actually thought that he stole the election with Russia's help. Right. It seems like you should be made to answer for that before you start labeling half the country a bunch of conspiracy theorist nuts who are fascists. I, just my two cents there. Maybe maybe you need to answer those questions. He whiz. Yeah. Thank goodness for Peter Ducey. Yeah. At least somebody's asking. Right. I mean, that, how are it, you saying all this and you yourself? Oh, well, <laughs> well, yeah, a lot. Of, well, I think in reality, a lot of the people in the White House press briefing room um, are worried that if they're too hard on Corinne Jean-Pierre, it's going to make for an awkward office moment when she comes and works for their co or for their network. Because, you know, she's, oh, that, yeah. yeah, well, that's the next logical step, right? Right. She's going to wind up working in one of these yeah. newsrooms. And so they don't want right. to be too hard on her because then, uh oh. Might have some inner office uh, conflict here. All right, are you ready for your big trifecta, Scott? Yeah, let's do it. Top three stories of the day, and it starts like this. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right, the trifecta, top three stories of the day, according to one Scott Robbins. Uh, Casey Kasem, he's on vacation with uh, oh, with James. Taking yeah. with him oh, again, man. I don't know what it is, but I said something to Casey Kasem at some point. And it just ticked him off, and 
Apparently, he's taking that grudge to the grave because he won't he won't work with me. Um, all right, number three, Scott. Liberals are melting down because CNN appears to be cleaning house. Yeah, you know, before we get to that, I have one extra, and this is just, I just happened to come up across this story. Okay. Jennifer Lawrence, the actress, is doing an interview in Vogue magazine. Have you seen any of this? I did. Uh, this is unbelievable. I, yeah. Let me just give you a quote. She says, she admits in the interview that she has nightmares about Tucker Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> Why? These people are lunatics. What is, what is Tucker Carlson doing in her? He invades her dreams while well, this horrible... Donald Trump stuff, and she wakes up in a cold sweat. Man. What is going, what on earth is going on? That's that's Tucker Carlson living the dream, right? It should be every conservative commentator's dream to literally haunt liberals in their nightmares. Like Jennifer Lawrence. Gow. Okay. (laughs) I got off track there for a second, but I'm like, really? You admit that? Tucker Carlson is haunting my dreams. Yeah. Oh, gosh, dang. All right, uh, story story number three this morning, or this afternoon, or whenever you're listening. Uh, liberals have been suffering a meltdown lately because CNN is cleaning house. Now, why is CNN cleaning house, David? Oh, because they're left-wing lunatics, and they've... <laughs> They cannot get they cannot get an audience to There's save no their audience. lives. There's none. Lefties now are saying CNN is becoming and it's twi- it's it's trending now. Fox News light. <laughs> they wish. And here's the thing. This is the funny thing. They're now threatening to boycott CNN. <laughs> okay. You're gonna boycott something that clearly you never actually consumed. Right. You fall all the way to last place if you do it. I am boycotting the WNBA. Okay. <laughs> I Taking don't a watch stand. It, but okay. Right. <laughs> uh, CNN replaced Jeff Zucker with that Chris Licht guy. Yeah. And uh, they've already forced out Stelter, uh, Jeffrey Tubin. But the uh, straw that broke the camel's back apparently was when Harwood got blown out. Oh. The the John Harwood? Yeah, John Harwood is one of the most dishonest so-called journalists oh, out he's there. he's terrible. Uh, he really is. Just He's basically a Biden spokesman. Dan Rather tweeted this out. What's going on at Delset CNN? It's a serious question. Dan There's a lot of speculation on the direction and motives. What's really going on? Yeah. And is it being noticed by the audience? There is no audience! Right. There is no audience! And that's what I say. Like It, it really is. E- even with our dumb little show it feels feels like punching down because our audience is way bigger than cnn bigger than cnn i mean cnn would love listening, by the way cnn would love to have like half of our audience it, it really is amazing cnn is dying a shameful death <laughs> they used to be a valid source i grew up on the network today i'm ashamed of what they've become and this weird pivot right attacking Joe Biden in his speech as the nail in their coffin. Okay, yeah. Oh, the nail in the coffin happened a long time ago. Right. Yeah, did, did you have any problem with Chris Cuomo covering for his brother, who was the governor of New York? <laughs> well, musician Quest Love would like to know why CNN is flushing everything down the toilet. What are you flushing down the toilet? <laughs> That's just it. There it's, isn't anything. Dude, they can't get a million viewers in prime time. On there, a national there, cable, exactly. on basic cable. There is nothing there. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. You are 40 games in last place. <laughs> That's, you're, you're out. The season is over. It's over. <laughs> right. 
God, you guys are all bitching about so what right. is going on here. Well, at least we found the CNN viewers. All right. Yeah, all seven of them. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, it's the trifecta top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. Number two is uh, there's a county in Maryland enforcing a teen curfew because of rising crime. Yeah, Prince George County, the executive there, Angela Alselbrooks, announced very strict enforcement of a teen curfew following a rise in violent crime. The arrest of 430 juveniles this year, double compared to last year. At this point, she said, these kids don't need a hug. They need to be held accountable. Okay. Well, now now I guess we've figured it out. We've cracked the code. Yes. Stop hugging. Start incarcerating. The curfew existed in Maryland law, but it hasn't been enforced at all. The teen curfew, they say, will now be enforced beginning next weekend and will continue for at least 30 days. 30 days to... Ben the carjackings. Uh, teens, <laughs> teens under 17 must be off the streets by 10 o'clock till 5 a.m. Sunday through Thursday and 11.59 p.m. to 5 a.m. Friday through Saturday. Parents of repeat offenders could be fined up to $250 and have their children turned over to the Department of Social Services. The goal is strict enforcement. Telling you, we, man. We can't do this anymore, she said. I know it's not popular, but it's a fair question. Where are their parents? Where are their aunties? Where are their uncles? Where are the other families members who are responsible for them? We've been saying this for months. <laughs> for years. Yeah. If not any, years. Anytime you ask that question, you usually get called a racist. So. Called a racist. Yes, uh, of yeah. course that's what's going on. I, I'm telling you though, the, the the curfew thing, I'm all that's fine if that's what you need to do, if that's what you think. You know, you could save a lot of time and effort with the Van Camp patented baton to the back of the skull man oh absolutely no i agree you just say hey look you got kids running around committing crimes carjackings whatever cop gets one free shot to the back of the skull that's it i'm not talking about going and just beating somebody to a bloody pulp but just a no, whack, no, no. Up, the set, up the side of the head yeah and you're not gonna have to worry about calling parents ever again because now it's real now they know well this is generally how things change right you set examples yeah so if you do this, here's what happens to you. <laughs> you get right? one, you, one you crack get whacked in the back, of the, back of the head. You know, that, that's it. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do if you want to play, let's play. But this is what's going to happen here, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. It's the trifecta. Uh, top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. We count them down three to one. And number one has to do with uh, Fox News Channel's Britt Hume fact-checking the president. Well, <laughs> You know, he was at it again. Uh, uh, Biden, well, he didn't tweet it, but somebody tweeted in his office, said, we understand something that mega Republicans in Congress don't. Wall Street did not build this country. Working people did. You hear that? Joe Biden's coming hard. Oh. Brett Hume just tweets back. I can think of no one in history who ever said Wall Street built this country. <laughs> <laughs> well... I'm just, Touche, winner. There you go. I'm just trying to think of how many MAGA Republicans are are just like yay Wall Street. Yeah, that that doesn't make any sense. All right, no, that so, makes no sense at all. <laughs> we might have to dig into the uh, Jennifer Lawrence story. Apparently, Tucker Carlson gives her nightmares, and she Dude, admitted it's it. crazy. She all admitted right. it in an interview. We'll, yeah. we'll try to flesh that out. Also, we've got Nimrods in the news coming up. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.
the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. Okay, so you had mentioned this. We did a drive-by on it. And I just I, I want to dive into this a little bit more while we have a couple of minutes. Jennifer Lawrence. Insanity. Uh, major celebrity, actress, Hunger Games, all that stuff. Okay, we all know that. Uh, she's also a uh, big lib. Um, and in, uh, apparently in this new interview with Vogue. Vogue magazine, yeah. She says that she has nightmares, recurring nightmares, about Tucker Carlson. From Fox News. This is so weird. Uh, I'll just read, getting up to this part. She's disappointed, she said, and much of her disappointment was directed at certain relatives back in Louisville, Kentucky, where she'd grown up, including her dad. Yeah. The 2016 election has torn a rift in my family. Repairing it was an ongoing process, particularly since having a baby. She'd been trying to heal, David. Uh huh. She even discussed with her therapist her reoccurring nightmares that she has about Tucker Carlson. <laughs> oh my God! So the so the backstory about Tucker Carlson, in particular, uh, a few years ago, I guess it was in 2017, uh, she had said something to to another interviewer, linking devastating hurricanes to Donald Trump. She didn't explicitly say that Donald Trump caused the hurricanes, but there was that connection there, and then Tucker Carlson made fun of her. Sure. Because that's what happens. Yeah. You get out of your lane, people are going to make fun of stupid. you. stupid, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. no, if you even kind of suggest that Donald Trump is responsible for a hurricane, for a hurricane. <laughs> then yes, you're going to get laughed at. Right. You should. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of the backstory of, I guess, why Tucker Carlson in particular. But yeah, I mean, she takes the... The typical high-minded liberal approach. She's worked so hard in the last five yeah. years to forgive her dad yeah. and her family and try to understand it's different. The information they are getting is different. Their life is different. <laughs> she had a haunted look in her eyes, David, when she was saying this, by the way. <laughs> is that what it says? In it the does. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> she would stop at times to apologize to make self-deprecating jokes then get visibly overtaken by emotion again. Uh-huh. Yeah. I felt like I was watching a real-life version of whatever it is that happens when she acts. Because she was acting. <laughs> you were acting. She was. <laughs> I mean, look, I I know there have been rifts in families, and sometimes it gets oh, yeah. really heated. You know, and, uh, So I understand that. But, but at the end of the day, that's not Donald Trump's fault. That's <laughs> no. not any politician's fault. It's the individuals involved. And if you can't get over your political differences, that's not somebody else's fault. That's yours. And I understand that sometimes if somebody is just in it, that's all they want to talk about all day long, and they their you know tensions run high and whatnot. You know, like for example, a lot of my family, <clears throat> we are polar opposites when oh, it yeah, comes to too. politics. Absolutely. Polar opposites. But you know what happens? We just don't talk about politics. No, well, you can't if you want. No, peace. you can't. It, it, it's right? like no, we 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 love each other, we respect each other, um, but that's it. It's like we know that you know someone's going to get their feelings hurt, mm-hmm. um, and so let's just not go down that road because at the end of the day, what's more important is spending time with your family and people you love. Well, some guy named Robbie Starbuck tweeted out uh, pictures of her, like doing 
doing like smoochy face with with Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> and he said, this would give me nightmares if I were her, not Tucker Carlson. <laughs> exactly. Now let's get to Nimrods in the news. <laughs> when the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. <laughs> I feel like we just did my news. I know we did. Yeah, kind of. Nightmares <laughs> about Tucker Carlson. Uh, uh, woman in Knoxville, Tennessee, looked out her window last Wednesday at around 11:30 a.m. and some guy she didn't know was using a power outlet in her yard to charge his phone. But the slightly more disturbing part was he was also <clears throat> doing the, as you would call it, la 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 la, oh, in, no. in broad daylight. May have been a peeping Tom because his pants were down and she could clearly see him from her window. Or maybe he just urgently needed to plug in so he could watch something on his phone. Not sure. But the cops found him lying on the ground with his pants still around his ankles. So <laughs> he was successful in his endeavor. <laughs> That's Nimrod. <laughs>